in dental school, I had an entire day, an entire day they brought this guy in. He talked for a whole day in lecture about why mercury was safe in fillings, but he really highlighted that it's very unsafe in fish and that we should be concerned about fish, but we should not be concerned about it with mercury. He put down all the biological dentists, all the holistic dentists, everybody concerned about it. He's, if you get a patient that's like that, they're, they're crazy. They don't know facts. And so that's what they're teaching our dentists. And it's really sad to me because when you go through something like I did, where I got toxic level of exposure from mercury, from my environment being a dentist, removing fillings, placing these fillings, my levels were really high. Nobody in dental school talked to us about, hey, let's take extra precaution when we remove them or even educated on us that there was a risk really. We, we didn't get any of that education. In fact, we got the opposite, which was, it's totally safe, it's fine, all those other people are crazy. Did you know that by some statistics, over 67 million Americans have an excessive exposure to mercury vapor? And if you're looking at California, where the standards are even more strict, that number shoots to over 100 million Americans. If you've ever been worried about or had questions around your mercury fillings, the safety of mercury fillings, and some of the dangers present with mercury, and just want to know more facts, science-based facts, then you, my friends, are on the right podcast and you're in the right place. Welcome to Your Mouth Matters. Dr. T, what's up? Thanks for being here. You are, of course, our dental whisperer, our expert, our guide in all things related to our mouth, our holistic wellness. And I know today's topic is something that can be a little bit controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Mercury is definitely a hot topic in the dental world. It's something that a lot of, we're seeing a lot of change with the way that we're doing dentistry because the concerns about mercury in our fillings. And I think they're all they're all good changes. People are just becoming more aware of, of what's going on and really being conscious about what's in their mouth. You had a very interesting story to tell. And I, I want to preface this whole episode because <laughs> we're going to get into some really great details around how what's the deal with mercury? Why is it used? Some of the, some of the benefits, like why it was used in the first place as well as now some of the problems, some of the challenges with it, how we handle it, all that. But there's there's... There's a story you got to hear, I think, before we get into this, and it involves Dr. T. Part of your journey, uh, your holistic journey. You, like many many dentists, when you had come out of school, had a, one particular perspective on mercury, and as you got into doing some more research and more data points, that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and a number of years ago, had a a pretty a pretty upsetting experience that you had to go through professionally mm-hmm. as you were sharing more of your concerns and more of your perspective on this topic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, bring us back, Yeah, tell us a little bit about what it's happened. It's a good story. It actually, I have a couple of, mercury is one of those hot topics actually I think with me because it has affected me in my personal life and so, and my professional life, obviously, being a biological dentist. So when I first bought my practice, we talked about this in a podcast earlier, but when I first bought my practice, the guy just did, the doctor just did amalgam fillings. I had mercury bottles that I found in my office. He was mixing them by hand. The, there was carpet everywhere. That, that office was toxic. I, I didn't measure the amount of mercury coming off of that carpet, but I'm sure if I did, everybody in the building would have probably had to evacuate because it was probably not a safe work environment. 
So I ended up getting sick from mercury right when I got out of dental school and I bought a practice. I went through, it took me a while to figure out what was going on. You didn't even right? know what was going on. I had no idea. I went to urgent care. They had no idea. I'm like, what is going on with my you health? You were getting rashes, right? Uh, yes, shortness of breath, I was getting all kinds of rashes. I was super tired. I had brain fog. My thyroid was coming back like, weird. My thyroid labs are coming back weird. And I, and nobody, everybody said, oh, it's fine. It's a little bit low. They weren't even doing the right thyroid labs to really, to be honest. Like it was just like, oh. I, to be honest, it was a shit show is what it was. There's a whole um, other conversation we could have about being dismissed around your medical <laughs> yes. concerns and telling you, yes. people telling you it's all okay. Yeah, this is it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like, no, it's just, not fine. There's something going on. So anyways, I eventually made my way to the right type of doctor who diagnosed me with having high mercury levels in my body. Now, I never had a mercury filling ever in my life. My mom was a progressive dentist. Any kind of dentistry I had done was with white composite fillings. Never had mercury. I also grew up vegetarian. I had very little fish or seafood in my diet when it came to how else could I get mercury? Because everybody blames it on the fish. Everybody blames mercury on the fish, okay? And fish definitely has mercury. It can be a source of toxicity, but it's not the main source for a lot of people. Okay. Don't have high risk factors, but yet have super high levels of mercury. And I started to have symptoms. So I went through about a year and a half of going in and having an IV. I did chelation therapy for about a year and a half, maybe two years to get all of this mercury and these heavy metals out of my body because they were elevated and too high. And so I went through that and that really, that plus finding the IOMT which is the International Academy of Oral and Medical Toxicology. They do a ton of research about mercury and fluoride and the toxicity that it has for patients and dentists. And so they've come out with a lot of research, which is awesome because we need research. We really need research to make this movement change and to see a shift in our field. So I went through all of that and then went to the IOMT, got involved in their program, became accredited through them, learned how to remove mercury filling safely and blah, blah, blah. And what I found was as I started to share my knowledge with patients and people, they were fascinated because nobody had told them before that mercury fillings could potentially be an issue. And so I was talking with one of our patients at the time, and she worked for the Everett Herald. And she was like, oh, man, this is juicy stuff. Like, we need to do a story about this. And so I ended up, she interviewed me. I told her the things that I had learned and what I knew. And she wrote an article about mercury fillings and published it in the Everett Herald. I don't know who didn't like that article, but somebody went to the dental board and complained that I was putting out false information and that I was trying to advertise to get people to take the mercury fillings out. And I was telling people that they were hurting their health. And I went through this whole process of having to defend myself because everything that I said, the person that complained didn't like that I said that mercury is toxic. They didn't like that. They said, that's not true. And I'm like, just go online to Wikipedia. Mercury is toxic. Mad Hatter's disease. We all know that mercury is toxic. It's been taken out of thermometers, right? We know lead is toxic. It's been taken out of gas. We know that mercury is toxic. That's a fact. But I had to defend myself on these things that I said. And so in the end, through this whole thing, I had to hire an attorney. I had to write a big response about it. But in the end, they found that everything that I said was fact. Everything that I said was fact. And so I got basically a slap on the hand. They said, hey, please don't do that again. We don't want to have to go through this process. We continue seeing you as the squeaky wheel where you could get in trouble. 
But that was that was when I first opened my practice. That was like a decade ago that all went down. And to be honest, as a new dentist coming out of school with debt and I just bought a practice and I'm trying to make this awesome thing and I'm trying to do right and I'm trying to make sure I don't hurt people. And then I'm like slapped and told, hey, don't talk about that. You said facts, but it still wasn't okay that you did that. To me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the world we live in where we can't we can't talk about this stuff. I I have like you went you were saying, I have a pretty personal experience with Mercury and from Early on in my practice career, I was I was warned, don't talk about that. That's my story. Thank you for sharing it. And I think that is just great for our listeners and great for people to know that information um, information is so powerful when it's based on, on reality and science and data because it can help you make informed decision. And sometimes there's people or organizations or just the system or whatever that you know, is, is sees that information as dangerous. And, and really, we look at it and we just want to know, hey, from a science-based perspective, from a health-based perspective, what, what should people know? What do we know? What's, what's known to be truth? What's known to be fact? And our podcast today, this episode, is really just designed to share some of those things that you've discovered along the way and some of the things that, that you are very clear on and the science is very clear on and, and give that to people in a way that's digestible so you can make informed decisions. Yeah, I don't want to demonize mercury fillings. Like they were the best material that we had at a certain time. Mercury fillings have benefits. There are benefits to using mercury. Uh, one of the benefits is that they're cheap. They're cheaper fillings, unfortunately. Um, they're also easier to place. They're less technique sensitive. So if you have gums that are bleeding or you have a lot of saliva in the mouth or you have a way, way back tooth, a lot of times mercury is so much easier to place and you're going to probably get a filling that lasts longer because of the material itself. The white filling material, you have to bond. It has to be completely dried. You have to get a really good seal. If you have any contamination, that filling will fail. So there are some situations where dentists are like, wow, this makes so much easier to place a mercury filling. It makes it easier on the dentist. It makes your dentistry last longer. So I'm not, I'm not out here to demonize them. We, we use them for a long, long time. They help people save their teeth. They help people, instead of having to have their teeth extracted, they help them save them. I do think that now with the technology that we have with white fillings and the more research that we've done, we need to start looking at this from a different view. And in dental school, I had an entire day, an entire day they brought this guy in. He talked for a whole day in lecture about why mercury was safe in fillings, but he really highlighted that it's very unsafe in fish and that we should be concerned about fish, but we should not be concerned about it with mercury. He put down all the biological dentists, all the holistic dentists, everybody concerned about it. He's if you get a patient that's like that, they're they're crazy. They don't know facts. And so that's what they're teaching our dentists. And it's really sad to me because when you go through something like I did, where I got toxic level of exposure from mercury from my environment, being a dentist, removing fillings, placing these fillings, my levels were really high. Nobody in dental school talked to us about, hey, Let's take extra precaution when we remove them or even educated on us that there was a risk, really. We, we didn't get any of that education. In fact, we got the opposite, which was it's totally safe. It's fine. All those other people are crazy. So I think as a profession, we need to start opening our eyes. We need to start being more conscious about people's health because we live in a day and age now where people want to be healthy. Our healthcare system is broken and we people have to be their own advocates. And so I think that the profession has to change. And we are seeing changes. The EU plans to ban mercury fillings in 2025. And a lot of Western European countries have already banned it. 
And just like Apple, when the EU made them change the lightning port to the USB-C, <laughs> watch the rest of the world follow. Yeah. EU's cracking down. And all, because yeah. all of a sudden, it's a hold a second. This giant organized body of people have done the research and they're now making a policy decision. That's a big deal. And that will create ripple effects across positive ripple effects across the rest of the world. Yeah. Like more recently, they said, hey, pregnant women shouldn't have mercury fillings. Hey, kids under six shouldn't have mercury fillings. If I can't put in a six year old and I can't put in a pregnant woman, then why would I want to put it in me? And if I can, if I have to have somebody in a freaking gas mask suit come in and take all of the mercury out of my office and then dispose of it somewhere and dispose of it safely, and I have this material, how, like, why do we think that that's safe? And why do we think that it's okay that I can put this filling material in someone's mouth, but I can't put it in the regular garbage? In fact, in order to, for me to dispose of it, I have to, I have to buy fancy equipment, I have to collect it, and then I have to have a guy come in and specially remove it in a safe way. Like it just, Wait, you're not talking, when you're talking about that, it makes, makes us homeowners think about like asbestos remediation or something. It's like, <laughs> oh wow, this is a, quite toxic chemical that what you're talking about there is falls in line with with what people have to do professional asbestos removers or various other like dangerous substances where they have protective gear and specialized protocols and so i think your point that you're making is a really good point goes back to that idea of common sense hey think about it like all this stuff you probably don't want to go that route right because there are other problems besides those health problems, just from a function standpoint, it's, you got to think about this as old technology, an old way of doing it. And it does carry just some downsides. So let's take all the health, huge health implications and possible issues off the table. Let's just talk about from a functional standpoint with the teeth, there's, there's issues. Yeah. First of all, they're ugly. They're so, dark. They're dark. They're ugly. They stain They look your like teeth. a stain. They, they're just not pretty. It can affect people's confidence. People feel shame when they look in their mouth. They're just not pretty, okay? Some people don't care about that, but, but some people do. And then the other thing with, with mercury fillings is that they're not actually glued into your teeth. So our white filling materials are bonded. We're actually bonding them to the tooth structure. Mercury fillings are in the teeth because when they get packed in, over 24 hours, they set. And when they set they expand. So that's how mercury fillings stay in your teeth and don't fall out. There's no glue. They just expand. And what that expansion does is it puts pressure on your natural tooth, puts pressure on the enamel. And so we find that the teeth tend to crack around these mercury fillings. In fact, the American Dental Association claims that 80% of teeth that have mercury fillings will have cracks. So the material itself is actually causing damage to the natural tooth structure. And yes, it might be a better material. Maybe your filling lasts way longer than a white one. Oh man, this filling is in there forever. But if it's going to cause harm to your, the rest of your teeth and it's going to crack your teeth and now you're going to need more aggressive dentistry where now we can't be minimally invasive. Now we need crowns or we need root canals or maybe even tooth extractions. When we're cracking natural teeth, it's not good. The white fillings that we use now are bonded, they're glued in, they actually they actually shrink a little bit, and so they hold the tooth together. And there are ways that you can lay the composite to reduce shrinkage and really make it so that that tooth is really, really strong. The bonding technology we have now is amazing. And it's, been, it's really awesome that dentistry has shifted more in that way. 
But still, over 50% of dentists are still placing mercury fillings. Even with all of this technology that we have, it's estimated about 50% are still placing fillings. And I think that number is going down, so that's great. But still, 50%. That's huge. It's a lot of fillings still going in. It's a lot of mercury fillings still going in people's mouths. And, and in kids' mouths, too. I've seen a lot of kids that have mercury fillings, too. Um, so, so anyways, it's just we, we need to start educating the profession and our dentists and our doctors and our patients about the risks because now we have current research and we know more about them. And back then, we didn't. So, again, not here to demonize them. But we now have research that really shows that, hey, maybe this it wasn't a great idea. And now, for sure, there's a better path forward. Yeah, we have, we have tools now. We don't have to use mercury fillings anymore. I hope that provides a little bit of perspective. And thank you for taking us through that, both pros and cons, and then some of the, the deeper, bigger health implications, sharing your own personal story about how just exposure to it in a dental setting spiked your levels through the roof and caused a bunch of issues. And going through that chelation and finding a partner, a naturopath can help you get, get rid of it, which is all part of leading up to how we handle it then. So how do we safely or what do we do to make it as safe as possible? So if a person has mercury fillings and they're hearing this or they're, and they're doing some of their own research and they're like, oh, I want to get these out and I yeah. want to find a safer alternative and how do I do that safely? What's, what, what do we recommend? What's our process? So I always, so we have, we have a protocol in our office that helps uh, protect patients and our team from excessive mercury exposure. We know from studies that when mercury fillings are removed, that quite a bit of mercury vapor gets released and that can get into the body. When mercury is drilled, it releases, with our drill, it releases vapor. And mercury vapor is clear, doesn't have a smell, it doesn't have a taste. And so when you're drilling these fillings out, you've got this cloud of mercury just sitting between the patient and the doctor. Okay, and we're just breathing that all in. We're breathing it in all day. And what happens is that mercury enters into your lungs and it goes right into the blood. About 80% of that mercury goes into the bloodstream. And when it gets into the blood, it can convert into a type of mercury that can go through the blood-brain barrier. So we know that mercury has been linked to many neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. It's linked to a bunch of other things like thyroid issues, can be linked to gut issues. So we have, and the list goes on and on, depression, insomnia, like the list goes on. If you want a whole list, most of the time when I pull out that list, people are like, that sounds like me. Check, <laughs> check, it's check, literally check, every check. box that it checks. But anyways, it, it, it has this effect. So we in our office take extra precautions to make sure that we are removing these mercury fillings in a safe way that reduces your exposure and our exposure in the office. We've gone through extensive training through the IAOMT to become accredited, and we also practice their SMART protocol. Their SMART protocol is a standardized process that they have created, basically saying, if you are a dentist that is going to state that you remo remove mercury fillings safely, you've got to do these things. So it's a standardized protocol. We've taken that protocol and even made it better or made it even more comprehensive. Even more smart. Even more smart. Exactly. But we use that protocol. And, and, and that protocol has been shown to actually reduce the exposure of mercury. And that's, that's why we do it, because the science shows us that that works. And then the other thing that I always tell patients, because some people come in and they, 
their fillings don't, they don't have decay around them. They don't, there's nothing really wrong with their fillings. Um, but something that we have to remember is that the teeth cracking, that, that can be huge, okay? Sometimes just replacing them preventatively before you see cracks is better. So when something's cracked, you can't really undo it. But secondly, amalgam fillings are constantly off-gassing. Even if your filling is 25 years old, you had it done 25 years ago, if you take that filling and you put it up to a screen that shows mercury vapor, you will see mercury vapor just coming off of that filling all the time. And obviously, the more mercury fillings you have in your head, the more exposure you're going to get. There's also genetic, there's genetic factors that go into all of this too. They've done studies with sheep where they place mercury fillings in pregnant sheep and then they have found the mercury in the fetus. So that's now why they are saying, and they've done more research on that, they now are saying don't put them in pregnant women because they're worried about it getting into the fetus and affecting development. These, they've also taken sheep and put fillings in the sheep and then sacrificed the sheep and found that the mercury has accumulated in all of the different organs like the kidney and the liver and the heart. So what I tell people is that I don't really know if you have if your mercury fillings are causing health issues. I have no idea. It's really impossible for me as a dentist to know. You really need to go talk to your doctor about that. But what I can tell you is that they do off-gas, and I can tell you that mercury mercury vapor is toxic in any form. It's toxic. So patients that are not sure about whether they need to come out or not, like I, I give them information and they get to decide. And I, I always recommend that they talk with their doctor about it because their doctor knows their health the best. If you decide then to remove them, if that's something that you and your doctor decide, yes, this is important to me, then we have a protocol at Green City Dental that will reduce exposure for you. And so that's what we offer. And then once the fillings come out, I always tell patients, this is the easy part, removing the fillings and placing the other stuff. That's the easy part. The harder part is... How much of this mercury has maybe accumulated in the rest of your body? How much of that mercury vapor could be potentially contributing to some other health issues that maybe you have going on? And so this is where we exit and a functional medicine doctor has to enter or a naturopath or anybody who does metal chelation and understands heavy metals in the body. So we always recommend to our patients that they follow up it's even ideal if you can see your doctor before you have mercury removed because when we remove the mercury from your mouth, we want to make sure that your body can get rid of it, okay? So like, for example, if I'm removing a mercury filling and you swallow a little bit of my mercury water, that happens. That's why we give you a binder at the time of treatment. But if it gets into the intestines and you're not pooping every day, it just sits there. And what does that do to your gut? It's going to cause some inflammation. It could even get absorbed into other parts of the body. So we want to make sure that before you have your mercury fillings removed, that all of your excretory pathways are open. We want to make sure that your liver and your kidneys and your lymphatic system and your gut, all of those pathways to get things out of the body are working and not congested. So this is why it's really ideal to see your doctor before you have them removed. Make sure all of those systems are working correctly. Get on some extra support. Have your fillings removed. And then once they're removed, now you can detox. Because mercury fillings are, are off-gassing all the time, it is impossible for someone to fully detox from mercury when they still have mercury fillings in their mouth. Because every time you take a breath, every time you swallow a bite of food, you could be getting more mercury that's entering the body. So it's kind of like, I use this analogy all the time, it's like having a swimming pool 
with little kids that are peeing in the pool. How do you clean the pool? You got to take the kids out. You have to remove the source of the pee. Then you have to clean the water, okay? You can't just clean the water as the kids are still peeing in the pool. So a lot of times doctors will start on these detox programs and pull out all these heavy metals and the patients are just not really getting much better or they end up hitting a wall where we can't really can't really do anymore or sometimes they even get more sick. And so when you start to detox, you really have to make sure that you've gotten all those mercury fillings out because again, going back to that swimming pool analogy, you just are constantly getting exposed. So to clean up, you got to remove the source of the of of the mercury. And for most people, their detox pathways are not functioning as well as they should be. So just we live in a toxic environment and oftentimes our diet and lifestyle and our to your point your genetics, you might have a predisposition towards some ineffective pathways, some pathways that just don't work quite as well with you and your particular body. The idea that you need to get that assessed in tandem or ideally prior to shouldn't be overwhelming. That should be another aha moment where you're like, you know what, that's really valuable information to have because not only is mercury uh, something that could be affecting you, but look around. I mean, our environment, we are exposed to so many toxic substances. So it's really a, a such a powerful thing to understand your detox pathways and to know going into this that part of your plan is going to be to get some additional help and support so you can get that part of your body working really, really well. Because unless, it, even if even if you go move out into the mountains away from, away from society and you think, I'm going to be living clean and off the grid, unfortunately, my friends, the, the toxins will follow you because they're everywhere. Yeah. And our body, like when we come in contact with toxins, our body goes, oh, I don't like this. We better shove this somewhere far, far away. And so a lot of times our heavy metals end up collecting in the fat. And they, that's why there is this link to brain issues too, right? Neurodegenerative disorders. So if you are a patient that, oh, I already had all my mercury fillings removed like a long time ago, but you didn't then follow up with a detox or connect with a doctor who could test you and say, hey, how much of that is still stuck in my body? Is this contributing to maybe my thyroid issues or my chronic fatigue or my brain fog that I'm having? If you don't, if you don't check that off, then that stuff doesn't necessarily come out on its own. You got you to gotta help it along. And that's where my chelation pathway and my detox pathway or my detox journey for me, it was such a journey. It's not like a one time, oh, let's go in and take them out. Like I had so much mercury. I had to go in for a year and a half about every two to three weeks to have an IV where they pulled all this up and I took a bunch of supplements and all that. But I have to tell you, when I was done with all of that, I felt so much better. I felt like I, I felt like I could think more clearly. I was less tired. I was the type of person that nine o'clock hit and I was a pumpkin and I had to go to bed and if I didn't get my solid seven, eight, even nine hours of sleep, it was like I was severely hungover. And I, I took a sleep study. I didn't have sleep problems. My breathing was fine. I did blood tests. Like everything was fine. And it wasn't until I detoxed the mercury out of my own body and the metals out of my body that I then was like, whoa, now I can stay up till midnight, wake up at six, and I feel like an Energizer bunny the next morning. That's amazing. I also saw improvement in my thyroid labs which was huge because I'm like, what is going on here? Why are my thyroid labs so off? So I, I saw improvement there too. So anyways, I, I know this is a controversial topic, and um, 
But I, I do think it's one that we need to start talking about. And if listening through this and hearing Dr. T's journey and maybe reflecting on where you are on your own journey, know that we're here as a resource. This is what we do. We are experts and specialize in helping be part of the solution. And I hope the other big takeaway as you get is that we're part of the solution. And so we can do one of the most critical, important things, which is get your body positioned in a place where then you can take some additional steps to, steps to really create that healing and that transformation and get to a, that spot of vibrant health that all of us really want. And sometimes it's just so frustrating because we feel like there's some of these invisible parking brakes that are slowing us down or holding us back. And for some people, mercury might be one of them. Toxic heavy metals might be part of that. So again, we're here for you as a resource. Next steps, jump onto our website, check us, check out various other topics and research and, and do some of that homework. And then if you want to talk more, give us a call, obviously, and we're here to help you and make, make a great decision and make those improvements in your dental health and your overall health that we really want for you. Dr. T, thanks for being here. Thanks. Bye.